we're back with another new episode of the SBP Podcast Mobile Filmmaking. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and you are listening to episode 166. Hey, I'm going to share with you at first the things that I want to discuss with you because, yes, it's been a long time and I feel like you and me, we haven't had a one-on-one, you know, one-to-one <laughs> uh, chat in a long time. So I wanted this episode to be a little special. And one of the reasons for it is because I'm feeling very thankful. It's a it's a time of the year when Thanksgiving comes around. As a matter of fact, I think it'll be a couple of days after this episode comes out on the 21st that of November that we in the U.S. celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday. I don't want you to forget that holiday. It's very meaningful. It's a time when people come together and celebrate and share stories between one another. And um, I've got film uh, filmmaker friends. I've got friends. I've got, uh, they have nothing to do with filmmaking. And I have family, uh, some of them who are not here anymore. And we celebrate stories together during this particular holiday. But there are other cultures who also celebrate Thanksgiving. And it's a it's a little bit of an important uh, thing to celebrate it. And look, I'm going to be personally honest with you. I kind of celebrate this uh, every single day in the way that I like to begin and end my day by reflecting on the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I'm thankful for. And so I can't, I was, I have this list that I thought, well, I'll just give everybody a shout out uh, whom I'm thankful for, you know, just connected to the film festival and the podcast. And I thought, oh my gosh, the whole entire episode would be just a one big shout out. And I don't want to do that. Instead of doing that, I just want to embrace you. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank all our guests. I want to thank all the sponsors of the film festival, the people who come out and help, the people who offer to help, the people who reshare our posts and show support on social media. I want to thank everybody who comes out to the film festival, everyone who's participated in it in years past and upcoming, because you should know that just by submitting your film, you, you're already kind of participating in it because you're a part of the first initial films. You're part of the community. And that, the community, is really important to me. Uh, personally and as founder of the film festival, but also the host of this podcast And this year, I hope that some of you who are listening who don't get to participate for whatever reason in the film festival, do come out to the film festival because I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want you to feel like you have an extended community uh, with the community of the people from the film festival because in the end, everyone is a part of an extended community of storytellers who are either wanting to or have a passion for filmmaking. And you should come in and check it out. 
and and in our film festival, it's one of those film festivals where everything that you see on the screen, it's something that you can do. And I want to share personally at the film festival with you how you can also make the same films and you can talk to the filmmakers that made those films and ask them how they did it. And we'll share that as well. And, and just in case you're asking yourself, well, when is the film festival? Let me mark my calendar, right? Um, that is on April 26th through the 28th. But this is a time of year when we give thanks to each other. And one of the ways that we do that is through storytelling. We share stories. I don't know about you. I'm feeling that a lot of you are not having an easy time right now with all the things that are happening in the world. But there are also things that happen on a personal level. Uh, for me, for the last couple of years, I've lost a few family members whom I've always thought, oh, they would always be there, you know, um, and and they're not anymore. And one of the things that families do a lot is when we get together during holidays like today is we, and I don't mean today, right, literally today, it's going to be a couple days from now, but one of the things that we do is we celebrate each other. And we do so with the people who are around us and the people who can't be with us, even people who have left us. And we do that through sharing stories, of course. And so I want to talk about something that's a little bit connected to that. That is our legacy and our intention as artists, as filmmakers, as storytellers. And when I say art, I know a lot of you picture, literally picture, uh, someone who is painting or drawing or, you know, you're usually talking about or, or thinking about the visual arts, right? What I'm talking about is art in all its forms. You know, whether you're a writer, a musician, a performer, you're an artist, and it has a lot to do with intent, and that's another thing. Usually when when I say intent, your intention, you're thinking about before you create the thing, right? Your art. But I'm talking about intent in general as it connects to your legacy. And that legacy that I'm talking about is your personal legacy. And it's the thing that you put out in the world or that you leave behind for others to share stories about um, outside of, you know, you were born in this year and, oh, how you loved dogs and puppies and, you know, things like that. I'm talking about a different kind of legacy. And, of course, it's totally related to mobile filmmaking because, as you've heard me say, and you've heard some of our guests say filmmaking is kind of the ultimate storytelling medium because it involves all the other arts, right? Music, performing, uh, audio, abstract, and cinematography brings a little bit of that into it. Um, the visuals. I mean, it just brings so much into it. Storytelling is just really cool. When it's a film and as as a director 
or even as a producer, a writer, uh, when your story is told through film, it affects and and it, it becomes, well, let me put it this way, your viewer, right, your audience participates in it by becoming a part of the story in a way that they leave their own imagination out for the most part, unlike when you're reading a book, right? When, you know, in a book, uh, this character is walking through a the woods in the middle of the night, the stars were glowing. Well, to have that visual already there without it even being said puts you in the woods in that setting, even in the woods in a way that you've never experienced, right? Maybe you've never been out in the woods in the middle of the night where thousand-year-old trees that are taller than the skyscrapers in New York or something have been, right? Maybe you've never experienced that. But in this film, because you are there, you're experiencing that. And so you're really submerged in the story and you become a part of that story. Sometimes you're one character, right? The protagonist, but sometimes you are more than one character. Maybe you're you're feeling the mother of this family, but you're also feeling the child of the family. It's hard sometimes to put these things into words because they invoke feelings and emotions inside of us. And films have a lot of control over what we're feeling and what we're seeing if they're done correctly. So your legacy in filmmaking or through your art, whether it's photography, whether it's drawing, whether you're sculpting, dance, an actor, whatever it is you you do, whatever art form you use, I want to talk about your legacy and your intention because you don't always start out with the intent to create something that's going to be a part of your legacy. And if you want to know how I know that, it's because I too am an artist. But a lot of my art comes from inside me and I express it in some way. I, I just, I sometimes write things uh, from my imagination or put my thoughts into something that, you know, I could publish but I don't. I sometimes create uh, art using graphic software that I enjoy doing. I literally enjoy the process of creating and I never, it never goes anywhere. I also, some, when I was, you know, drawing, you know, hand, pen, paper um, and things like that, I, I just didn't share everything that I did. And a lot of things that, you know, for example, I like to compose music sometimes using just GarageBand. I know this is not, <laughs> some of you are like, really, that? <laughs> I, I get that. Um, some of you fiddle around with a guitar or, or another instrument, right? And, you know, create your own music. But you probably just kind of keep that to yourself a lot of times. And, and that's okay. And I do that myself with a lot of the tunes that I create. I don't always have to share everything. I don't need to. It's the process of creating art. But when it comes to the intent of the art that you create, 
like I said, you don't always have to have an intention when you create it, unless you plan to share it. When you plan to share it, you should have some intention, but you don't always do that. And as a matter of fact, there are times when you create something without any intention, and then later you go back to it and you say, wow, I want to share this because, right? And then your intention is to share it, but it's after the fact. So I want to make that clear because what you create becomes a part of your legacy. And your legacy today is really important because you have these tools that are available to you that you can share your art, your creation. You can express yourself through art in a way that you couldn't 30 years ago. One of the ways to do that is through mobile filmmaking. You can make a short film or you can make a feature film. You can make music videos. Uh, you can create a collage of images and video clips together to create a montage. You can share poetry, dance videos, all sorts of different things from narratives to documentaries and so forth. And one of the things about those things is that when you do share them, and, and you probably will because a lot of times you're not creating these things yourself. And because you're not creating these things yourself, the people that become involved, they expect you. Their intention is that you're all creating something together to be shared. It's something you can be proud of. And it can be a part of not just your legacy, but theirs as well. And so legacy is something that I want you to keep in mind because you have an opportunity to do that. And when your family members, when your friends, or maybe the community at large online, when you're not here anymore, they'll be looking at that. They'll be sharing your stories and you won't be around to know, but it feels good in a way, right? To know that People will still think about you and share your stories, share your work, your projects, even after you're gone. And that is not a bad way to feel about things. We all have an existential, uh, I wouldn't call it a crisis, but something that we're aware of. It's it's human to think that way. <laughs> it's, it doesn't make you weird uh, to think about what is your existence about what what are you here for we all want to feel like we have a purpose in life right outside of the the mundane things that you do every day <laughs> so i want to discuss a few things here and now that i've introduced this part let's talk a little bit about what the experienced filmmaker and the novice have in common because i think that the experienced filmmaker goes into mobile filmmaking in a different way than the novice. And I think that if I explain this to you, um, it may change a little bit on how you look at your adventures in mobile filmmaking, right? Um, for example, the experienced filmmaker 
will approach mobile filmmaking as in the same way that they they approach filmmaking uh, with any other camera. The thing is, though, that the smartphone is not just another camera. It is designed, even though it has a camera and it's designed to be a damn good camera, it is not really designed for a filmmaker per se, right? A filmmaker, though, has a, a mindset that they go into where, you know, on how they approach the camera. They think frame rates, they think all sorts of things. Uh, besides frame rates, there's, there's of course, aspect ratio. There's, you know, the, the resolution. There's all sorts of different technical things that go into a camera. I mean, you know, come on exposure, white balancing, all these things, they're a part of filmmaking, yes. But for me, when I was a camera person, as a videographer, I would look at my camera and say, okay, wh where are the cables that I need to connect to? Uh, and where? what are the settings? Let me make sure, let me check out the space where I'm in, the environment that I'm in, and set up the settings and everything and make sure everything's, you know, set up that way. Let me make sure that I've got you know, this plugged in so I can, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a very zoom. It's a little device that you connect into your LAN, your LAN, uh, connection on your camera. And then you can, uh, zoom in and zoom out, uh, very, very slow or quite fast, but it's very smooth and it's just this added device. But anyways, all these things together, you're thinking about as a camera person. Because you are literally a camera person, hence the name. But the other part of the camera person is to capture things in a way that you're telling a story. If you're collecting, capturing B-roll for a, a particular scene or, you know, meaning the environment that you're in. Um, I used to do a lot of events and documentaries and promos and things like that. And I would capture b-roll and I would in in the way that I would do it I would come into it from different perspectives and you do a, a series for each particular subject of about five or six different angles and movements and things like that with your camera but you do it with an intention to tell a story with each one of those because it's all got to go to the video editor and it's got to become a part of the larger story and one of those, one of those angles, one of those perspectives is going to fit perfectly with the storytelling that is happening, whether it's someone being interviewing, being interviewed and, and saying a word that this particular angle and this movement in the camera totally fits perfect for, and that doesn't happen by chance. The editor needs to have that in the bag to pick from and say, yes, perfect. Thank you, camera person. <laughs> and that's that, right? But when it comes to the phone, you don't have to do that. You can literally grab the phone, frame your shots, and start rolling. And then you look back at it, and you're like, wow, that actually looks pretty good. And I haven't set a thing. Now, there are some initial settings that you want to have. Like, you want to say, do you want to record in 4K? Do you want to use ProRes? You know, things like that. But for the most part, a lot of other things, they just happen naturally, uh, automatically. Why? 
because that's how they design the camera on the phones. They didn't design it for a filmmaker, an experienced filmmaker. They they do consider the experienced filmmaker and give you the candy that you want. But they also designed it for, you know, a 10-year-old grandma, uh, you know, and, and someone who just wants to record some great memories like home videos, right? Or maybe someone who goes to an event and wants to create a special little event video that they want to share on social media. You know, these are... These are the things that are not behind the thoughts and the intention of the manufacturer for the phone camera that are not always the same for, say, Blackmagic, right? Although I think that the, the two worlds are kind of merging together. I think someone at Blackmagic is saying, you know, wouldn't it be cool if everybody bought one of our cameras to use for home videos? That would be awesome. But one way to get there is probably still to have you, if you've never made a film, grab your phone and make something with it and then inspire yourself to go further and further. And if you like challenges, this is one way to do it. So the novice filmmakers pretty much think I got a story to, I want to jump into this. And that's, there's a difference between those two. Again, the experienced filmmaker, their approach is about the nuts and bolts of, you know, the camera. They do comparisons, right? This is this is the stuff that I used to do with my traditional camera. And now this is the stuff that I want to do with my phone camera. And when they start comparing those two things together, they get a little bit, I wouldn't say sad, but they're a little bit disappointed <laughs> because... The camera doesn't have a white balancing, you know, naturally. Oh, my God, I don't see a separate setting for that. Well, no, you don't. But the, the camera on the phone is naturally, it's like setting it on auto on your other camera. And maybe there it doesn't work as well as you thought it would because you have all these other settings and it's, and it's different. So I totally get that. And I'm not saying one is better and one is not. But my job here today is to convince you to try to leave a legacy behind as a mobile filmmaker using the most common camera that everybody in the world has access to. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is when you're telling people about mobile filmmaking, if you start focusing on those things in a way, uh, you are intimidating novice filmmakers. You're basically doing what experienced professional filmmakers do, which is to bring in all those nuts and bolts and start comparing things and things like that, that for someone who just wants to make a film, they've dreamed about making a film, you're intimidating them in the way that, oh, you can't do it unless you don't, you know this and you do that. And guess what's going to happen? Those people are going to spend the rest of their lives researching on how to learn those things and their film is never going to come to fruition. And so their legacy is, is not going to happen. They're not going to be able to create something. And as a matter of fact, when they do finally create something, it may be great, but it may be the only one that they create because they literally erased all the fun they could have had. And I think you should start with fun when you're creating a film. Yes, it's a lot of work, especially as you have made 
you know, a few films where you realize, you know, now I realize I got to pay attention to this. Now I want to get that. I want to expand what I know and make it in your mind better. I want to create this effect that I see this other person creating and somehow they're doing that on their phone. How are they doing that? And you go to research because you want to create something like that yourself. Totally cool. Just if you spend most of your time at first doing a lot of research and feeling intimidated by all those nuts and bolts, you're probably never going to get to that point. And then when you do, gosh, you're exhausted because filmmaking isn't just the act of making that film. It's all the all the process that you go through before it. And there's also the process afterwards, which sometimes you make something and you create something and then you go, oh my God, I want to now, you know, submit this into a film festival. Hey, by the way, International Mobile Film Festival <laughs> com. And if I don't, I may want to put it online and have it streamed and share it on social media. And uh, you feel good about that. And it'll always be available for people. So I used to, I'll give you an example. I used to, um, uh, and I still do, I do graphics for a living. In case you want to hire me uh, to create graphics for you, hey, I'd love to do it. <laughs> but here's the thing. It, when it comes to software, I would have friends come over and they would say, hey, I would love to know, I would love to learn this program, whether it was Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever. And I would say to them, what is it that you want to make? And they're like, I don't know. I just want to learn how to use it. And then I would say, that's not how you learn. You have to have something in mind and you have to go for that particular thing. Otherwise, there are many bells and whistles that you probably don't need and you won't get to learn the basics which then challenge you to learn the rest of it. And that's how you should approach mobile filmmaking as well. Have something in mind, have an intention. When you're first creating a film, you should have some sort of an intention. And when you have that intention, you realize that there may be some people around you who may also share your passion for storytelling and want to make something really great and they might want to join your team in making that happen. So you're probably wondering now, okay, why, why do I want to leave a legacy behind? And why should I? You know, I've got big fish to fry, right? <laughs> here, here is when it comes to mobile film and the stories that you share, the things you express through your art in other art forms is that you are dropping parts of yourself through your expression. There are things that you learn in the process of creating art about yourself that you don't even realize until you're in the middle of it or sometimes after. Sometimes you're sharing your art and someone points something out and you realize that thing that you never realized until someone else pointed it out. And so one of the things is that we're living at a time when you have a smartphone camera with you all the time. It's right there. 
You also most likely, hopefully, you have access to the internet. Those two things together are super powerful. And you can share your stories and leave a legacy behind for everyone. I'll give you another last example of how important this is. Imagine the days when people were drawing things in caves. Those things are still there. People are still looking into them. People are still thinking about them and trying to comprehend the stories that people thousands of years ago, hundreds of thousands of years ago, were trying to tell us. And so it's really important for us sometimes to help us get through harsh times where we start to wonder about, even in the broad sense, the existence of humanity. Oh my God, we're like just awful people. And to think that there's nothing you can do, it's it can be depressing. And I want you to come back inside of yourself as an artist and realize that you're very unique and you have feelings, reactions, perspectives that are your own and no one else's. Maybe to you, those things are not important, but you can inspire other people and you can help other people get through whatever it is that they're going through by sharing your most important feelings and emotions and by expressing yourself in an artistic way, by thinking, these are things that I want to express that are going to make someone else feel less depressed, that are going to help someone feel like sticking around or perhaps even expressing their own views and their views in a good way that can also make other people feel good about themselves. There's a lot of views out there that are not intended to make people feel good about themselves. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the artistic part of you that is very much connected to your heart, that wants to give, that wants to make the world a better place. And if you have a smartphone camera and access to the online, uh, you have a way of doing that in a way that was not available 20 years ago. Less than that, actually, probably more like 15 years ago. And as the cameras on our phones get better, yeah, just imagine. You will be able to help people in that way, not only to get to know you through your legacy, but to also get to know themselves and realize that they're important, that they matter, and that we're all here for a reason. And that reason doesn't have to be something major like, I want to be the, I don't know, an astronaut or something like that. I want to discover other planets or whatever it is. I want to save the world through, you know, I want to save all the whales, right? Free willy. (laughs) But maybe in the most touching way, and sometimes that is inside of us. It's that little thing inside of us that connects our soul and our spirit to our heart, through our minds. And then we release it as a really good and positive, I don't know, an energy of sorts. And it'll last 
forever. Like those painting on those walls have lasted hundreds of thousands of years. If humanity is still around, if your family somehow prolongs itself, if your friends continue, if the community cherishes what you've created and finds a connection to them in that sense that I just said, your legacy can live on, live on forever. And that, you're my friends. So I will say it like this, my friends. That helps you with purpose, which is very connected to intention. And that is how we're all individually and together going to get through our lives in this world. And I want to thank you a million times over for listening through this whole episode, subscribing to the podcast, and look, go to Patreon. Our Patreon is at SBP Podcast. Go there and connect with me. If you can't support, that's okay. Just go there and become a community member for free. You know, become a member. I'm I'm trying to write more stuff there. And um and I want to I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. I want to know if this podcast or if the film festival or any of these things that I'm doing if they're meaningful to you in one way or another. I want to know that. I want to hear from you. And don't be shy. <laughs> I answer everybody. All of you mean a lot to me. Even if I don't know who you are, believe me, I kind of know who you are. And so I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And that's how I'll leave this as we enter and you enter Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. And if you don't, come on, guys, we don't need a holiday to thank each other and to feel thankful for each other, do we? Thank you.